0: It blows my mind that there is this world of fulfillment and challenge and mastery that is so incredibly invigorating that if you're able to unlock those pieces, you are going to get promoted faster. Your business is going to be more successful. You're going to have more energy, not only for work, but for the people who you love and the things you love doing. It really unlocks a whole different level of your life.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and I'm excited to announce that my book, Selling with Love, Earn with Integrity, Expand Your Impact. going to be released on February 15th of this year and I'm so excited to bring it to the masses. So if you are one of the people who wants to get a copy of this book, be sure to go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book and you'll be able to get on the waiting list and learn about all the exciting details, bonuses, and special offer that we will have on the day of launch to be able to get your hands on a copy of this book. You'll even have an advanced chapter made available when you sign up. So once again, go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book and you'll be able to be one of the first people to get a glimpse inside the new book coming out February 15th and now Please enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, this is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Today, we're going to expand on our typical content, which usually is strictly about sales process in a kind of sell to a consumer perspective or talking about entrepreneurship building because I wanna talk about something that's often underrated as a key thing we should be looking to do when we are out there being someone that wants to be successful. And this is career dream jobs and understanding that sometimes the path we need to take is to go develop our skills within a job. Yet most of us are looking at things that are happening right now, like the great resignation, thinking we should all become entrepreneurs. And I don't necessarily think that is the case. And the guess that I have today is really going to shift your mind about what does it look like when you actually take a powerful step to look for your dream job? What is the secret sauce that can get your foot in the door, such as what she has done for her clients in Companies like Netflix, Google, Deloitte, Hilton, Goldman Sachs, whatever's that amazing career you've wanted, how you can get past the lines of people that really are all trying to get into the same place and be able to stand out just a little more. We're gonna share with her experience on how she became the creator of the Self Made Millennial. She is a career coach, a LinkedIn trainer. She has helped thousands of people land the right job, and I'm so excited to have her join us here as one of the top channels for job seekers on YouTube and a leading LinkedIn instructor. Madeline, man, welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction, Jason.
1: And I just wanted to first start with your journey and a bit of who you are, because you now really are the person that's sharing this content on LinkedIn. This is where I found you. This is where I follow you. And you help people understand how to really get the jobs that they want. And I wanted to kind of hear a bit of your journey because I think you've worked in HR, you've worked in recruiting. You must have noticed something was off.
0: Yes so i truly found my dream career path in the human resources function and it wasn't because i grew up as a small girl wanting to someday be a human resources manager i did the soul searching before i did the job searching and really landed at something that played to my strengths and my values and so when i started working in these human resources departments and eventually when i started leading them I realized that there were certain patterns of what was getting people in the door, what executives were saying when they were leaving interviews of what really made an impact with a person and what didn't. And what was so interesting is it wasn't their qualifications, it wasn't their pedigree, it was certain psychological things that they hit on. and. I have two psychology degrees. I was taking notes and I found it so fascinating and my desire to share my passion about human resources and recruiting with the world took over. And I started my YouTube channel, Self Made Millennial, about four years ago. And it's just absolutely exploded across LinkedIn and TikTok and it's been really cool to see all of the amazing success stories that have come from breaking down what is actually happening in the job search process so that you can be successful in your career.
1: I love it, and I wanna even expand on something you've already said that I think is really important is, whether it's going for a job, whether it's starting a business, whether it's being self-employed, you talked about before searching for the job, you have to search for the soul. Can you elaborate a bit more about why that is and what exactly that means?
0: Yes, I would say one of the traps, especially, smart, ambitious people fall into is opportunities will come your way. People will say, hey, you should work for me. Hey, you've got great grades or hey, you've been successful in X job that you stumbled into. And so you keep getting opportunities. And what happens, what I call this is hitchhiking through your career, where you're essentially sticking your thumb out and whichever car comes by and picks you up, that's the direction you're going in. But I'm here saying we need to pilot our own private jet. We need to know exactly where we're going. And when you do that, you realize that whatever path you take, it lights you up so much more, it energizes you. So many people think that whatever it is, working in corporate or even being an entrepreneur, they think that if they're kind of listless day after day, they think, well, that's work, you have to work. You know, it's just, it's never gonna be all fun, which is true, it's never all fun, but, It blows my mind that there is this world of fulfillment and challenge and mastery that is so incredibly invigorating that if you're able to unlock those pieces, you are going to get promoted faster. Your business is going to be more successful. You're going to have more energy, not only for work, but for the people who you love and the things you love doing. It really unlocks a whole different level of your life.
1: I feel like, you know, especially when we look at this great resignation that's happening right now, it seems like the whole environment of getting a job, finding your career, it's like we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And it's almost like, yeah, all these ads are telling you don't work the nine to five. You're a loser. If you get a job, you need to become an entrepreneur. Yet I look at my own history and like I am where I am because of mostly jobs that I've had. And I wanted to Hear from your perspective, what is your thoughts on this whole sentiment that's kind of just shunning anybody who's deciding to go into a career?
0: Yes, I'm completely aligned with you in that I honestly, I now have a successful business. It's thriving. I'm a business owner. This was never my intention was to be here. I always thought I was going on the CHRO track through corporate because I've just watched through my entire life, especially also working in some growing companies and working very closely to founders, is that often when you become an entrepreneur, you work more hours or, you know, it's more stressful. No, you don't have to work the nine to five, you get to work the nine to nine, seven days a week. Congratulations, right? And it doesn't have to be that way. And you can design your life and you design your entrepreneurship in a different way. But one of the magical things is that if you're able to find these great jobs, you're not necessarily trying to escape, oh, I wanna be my own boss. One of the things that I ran towards was I'm going to work at a company where I'm working for an amazing boss. I don't actually wanna be my own boss. I would prefer to have some of the best business minds be telling me what to do so that I am learning so much faster. So if you're embracing things like that, you're embracing the resources that companies give you, you're embracing the fact that you can give a two-week notice and hightail it over to France whenever you want, right? And so I think that really embracing that flexibility, embracing learning from others, but you have to be wary about choosing the right path. We're not hitchhiking. We're not going towards something toxic. We're not choosing something because someone simply offered it to us. We are being extremely intentional and we are getting that dream job.
1: Yeah, I can't stress how important it was for me to, you know, I worked for a company that was doing real estate education. I worked for Mind Valley for six years, and I wouldn't have had the business connections that I have now, the opportunities. I mean, this podcast was born within Mind Valley. Now I was able to inherit it for myself. And so I think there's a lot of people who prematurely go into entrepreneurship, prematurely kind of try to build their brands without having done a bit of the lead work that's necessary to establish yourself in the industry, to practice your skill, maybe in a more accessible way. And so again, this is something I really wanted to stress on because some people, if like, hey, I'm struggling with, let's say I'm a coach and I've never had a client, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, maybe you could work for a coaching organization and there's some opportunities there, which if that is a path I want to consider, right? What are some things I should recognize because sometimes it feels like these big companies are on a pedestal and they're completely inaccessible and there's no way i could get a job there what are we seeing in the landscape now
0: what's so important is to know that these applicant systems are completely flooded there's essentially no barrier to entry to applying to any of these companies so what happens and i have seen it from the hr function is not just people who are qualified to apply, but just random people who really have no business applying, truly, are just throwing their resume out everywhere because there's zero barrier to entry. And so what so many people measure their job search progress by is applications submitted. Never measure your job search progress by applications submitted. Instead, you must measure it by the number of interactions. An interaction is speaking with a former coworker of yours and telling them what companies you're interested in and asking if they know anyone there. It's reaching out to a hiring manager. It's commenting on a LinkedIn post of an employee. It's you know speaking to someone in line at Starbucks and just mentioning your job search. These are all interactions because databases don't get jobs, people get people jobs.
1: That is a critical one. And I think it's often forgotten. And I don't know, Madeline, I feel bad. I don't think I recall getting any of the jobs that I've had in my 20s through an application. Well, actually, I sent an email to Valley. I have to admit, and I wrote like a sales letter in my application there, which was really, really fun. But I went to visit their office first. I ended up being in Southeast Asia and I toured their office. And there was a person directly who said like, oh, you should set an application so I could CC her in the email. And I think this is it, right? There's a traditional path that gets laid down, but it's almost like an illusion. That's not the path you have to really take. Can you elaborate more on that so we don't fall into that trap?
0: Well, what we all come from is typically academia, right? We grew up going to school. We applied to college. Every single one of us who applied to college heard back as to whether or not we got in. That is not the case. You can apply to a thousand jobs and never hear back from a single one. Because here's the thing, different systems are set up different ways. Because these systems are flooded, There's not necessarily an incentive for companies to go through the stack of 2,000 resumes all the way from A to Z. If they found the right person at number 220, it's actually advantageous for them to say, okay, you've met all the requirements, we're going to extend an offer because... Talent is competitive. People think that's not fair, but it's actually because that person at 220 is not gonna wait around until you get to number 1,000. That person's already taken another job. So it's actually companies being competitive and actually fighting for you. So I've talked to a recruiter at Hulu, actually. She said, I skip the applicant tracking system altogether and I just start typing in words into LinkedIn. I just start sending out requests for interviews of people who never applied. Stuff like this is happening all the time or, they give the interview to the fellow who came to the office and wrote a sales letter and all those things because there's too much noise. So interactions over applications.
1: Okay, so if let's say now I've embraced this, which clearly I look at my history, I think a lot of people could relate if they are working in HR, they know how many there's these applications that come in. So what are some of the most powerful things I could do to ensure that I am marketable and that if I do these interactions, I actually make a lasting impression?
0: Absolutely. So I would say you don't want to be a best kept secret where no one knows what you do. So you need to make sure that you are, like I said, Talking to people in your network, you never know. I just had someone in my coaching program. I gave her like this exact script to write to people in her network. And she said, Madeline, I took your advice. I didn't like discriminate against who I sent to you. And I sent one to my hairdresser. and My hairdresser just got me an interview at one of my top companies. Because you never know who knows people, but you know what my client had done first. She figured out exactly what she wanted. If I was to write to you, Jason, Jason, it was so great being on your podcast. I would love to be on another podcast that's really focused on innovation and people, and a podcast that really cares about people. You probably would think, I have no idea how to help you, Madeline. That is the most broad definition ever. And that is honestly what most people do when they ask for help in the job search is they say, I just really want a creative role that's people facing at a mission-driven organization. No one is going to help you if that's the way you approach it.
1: I can't help but make my parallels of what I teach when it comes to the sales process, because it's the exact same thing. People will say like, Hey, I just want to help anybody who has a problem in their life and I can help anyone. It doesn't matter. And just come to me. Or the example in sales is like you'll send a bunch of messages to anybody to see if anyone wants to be your client. And then you're like, why am I not getting responses? And nobody feels like you've personalized. Nobody feels like you're understood. And so you're talking about the exact same thing, except in a different sales process. I mean, maybe I want you to go a bit more on this. Like how much salesmanship should we be learning if we're gonna be somebody seeking the dream job?
0: What so many people don't realize, Jason, is going into an interview, landing the job offer is making a high ticket sale. This company is about to fork over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how much your skills are worth. It is so difficult to make, you know, what, $150,000 sale. So that's what you're doing. And so the person who lands the job is not the person who is the most talented. It's the person who conveys their value the best. And that is the sales aspect.
1: Uh, I'm going to quote you on that because most people struggle when it comes to high ticket sales, only to realize that if you've ever gotten a job, you've done it so many times and I think that gets lost. And uh, you're speaking my language because to me, like selling being the greatest expression of love, sales is everywhere. It's when you want to get that job. Now, right now, there's a bit of a shift because at the same time, it seems like everybody's leaving companies. There's the great resignation. But I feel like I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Is everybody leaving every organization or is it only the organizations that haven't taken the time to build a dream career out of their posts? And like those top companies, are they also having massive gaps and vacancies or have they been able to retain top talent?
0: We've seen a bit of a musical chairs happening. So it seems like everyone is standing up, but also a lot of people are sitting back down at their competitors. Just kind of this need for, I need to shake things up. And some people who do a little bit of the deeper work end up starting their own business, or they end up in a different function, or they end up in a different industry, like something that actually plays to their values a bit more. But one thing that I've seen is, yes, I think certain companies have been hit a lot harder, But it's also just a general shakeup, and the music's about to stop and people are sitting down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we all want to have a little bit of change because we've been stuck at home and we just want to have something that's going to be a bit different. But again, the top talent seems to always be able to get top jobs, right? Like a players are rarely going to be using job application systems. They're going to be managing their networks. They're going to be finding themselves at the next great company as necessary, which kind of brings me to something I wanted to elaborate on is I can learn these techniques, I can make interactions, but just like if I'm a salesperson and the product that I'm selling is not necessarily the best product, I know that I need to improve the product. I need to maybe refine the features, make it more reliable, adjust the pricing. What are things that you would say to somebody who might be aspiring to get that dream job only to realize that maybe, there's some work that needs to be done on them to increase their competency.
0: So what I do with my clients, I don't even need to tell them that they have gaps. When I do this exercise with them, it's called going through the glory formula. It snaps for them. And essentially, the glory formula starts with the job description. It starts with the end role in mind what so many people do is when they think about i'm going to build my linkedin profile i'm going to build my resume is they think about oh what is all the wonderful things i love about me and all the wonderful things that make up my experience and what happens is you think well i have so many transferable skills and i even read a job application today that said something like who's applying to my company said something like if i can teach children to love public policy, then I can be your social media marketer. And I thought you got to draw a clearer parallel there. You know, it's too far of a reach. So what I do with my clients is we start with the end in mind. And what happens is when you build your resume from what the job descriptions ask for, what the company is asking for back you'll realize, oh wait, I have nothing to say here, or I have nothing to say here. Your resume that was three pages long shrinks to half a page because you're only telling the company exactly the information that they are asking for. And if you do that, it turns from a long, boring Wikipedia page to a high converting sales page.
1: We're in the TikTok economy. We got to get to the point, right? And I feel like when you have a resume that's so long, I remember myself scanning resumes while I was at Mindvalley for bringing up the team. And it's like when I see a super long resume, I have more problems because now I need to figure out out of this craziness if you're the person to solve a problem for me. And that's a problem I need to solve even before I consider you. And so I love that you're teaching this here. And again, they get to focus on exactly what they deliver, It seems like training is accessible anywhere, everywhere as well. Like you can get on LinkedIn Learning, you can get on Skillshare, so everything can be developed. There's often this gap of experience though. Is that as relevant as it seems to be to like really get into the experience? And for someone who wants to get a very senior position, and I feel like we're quite impatient as millennials, like we want to be like leaders right away. What do you share when it comes to building that experience and being a bit more patient with every roles that you have? What are we seeing here?
0: Jason, here's the problem. Years of experience is one of the most useless criteria on a job description. In Laszlo Bach's book, Work Rules, they did a bunch of studies at Google, and they found, based on who they hired and all of their qualifications, they found that number of years of experience was 3% predictive of whether or not that person was going to be successful in that role. Now I'm not saying hire people who have zero years of experience. It's going to be fine. No, no, no. Experience is hyper valuable and someone who has quality experience is going to change your business. So that's what I really want to focus on is quality of experience over quantity because the world is changing so quickly that if I say I have 20 years of marketing experience, but I haven't updated my marketing skills since, you know, 2001, then that's completely pointless. So here's the thing. Yes, it's all about quality of experience over quantity. However, I will say the bad news for everyone listening out there is that companies still are looking for those check boxes. Do you have 10 years experience? Check, check. So it is something to try to conquer because people's thought processes have not evolved at this point.
1: And again, you're talking about, you know, mostly going through those channels, but if you've done those interactions, like you were saying earlier, people will be flexible if they like you and you've had a personal interaction with them. And again, we talked about how LinkedIn is there. It's so easy to find people that work, be able to start conversation, find out who the relevant key stakeholders are. It's absolutely amazing. And this is a decentralization of information when it comes to any kind of sale, whether it's getting your dream job, finding clients, you can connect with the right decision makers wherever they are within a platform like LinkedIn. And it's so amazing to see how responsive people typically are. If you speak a language that shows that you've taken the time to study, if they're learning from your platform, I know that people can write messages that'll hit a home run every single time. So Madeline, as we come to the closing, I wanted to focus a bit on what's happening in the future. And so if I'm someone, maybe I wanted to be an entrepreneur, maybe I wanted to work for another company. Is there a certain thing that I should look for when I look for a company I want to work where I can develop my skills the best, give me the best opportunities or red flags I should look out for to make sure that I get that kind of career that potentially could become a dream job?
0: I think you need to get super tight on your values. What so many people do is they go out to the job market and they go for the shiniest company names. And while working at a company that when you tell your friends and family you work there, their eyes pop up and they go, "Oh, congratulations. Well, that's really fun. The way you spend your days is the way you spend your life. And you need to make sure that you are being really intentional about where you're putting your time. And so if you're really clear on your values about what is it, is it that you want a really intense environment where you are going to grow so fast, you are going to be with the best business minds and you are going to be in the trenches every day, And maybe farther down in your list is things like work-life balance and time with family because that's the season of your life. That's very normal and a perfectly fine position. Other people, I'm seeing them say flexibility is the name of the game. I want to work. I want to do meaningful work, and I want to have dinner with my family at the same time. Both of these people want to work at somewhere like SpaceX that has this, like, really intense work culture, but I know that person person B is going to hate their life there, you know, so but they might just take the job because it sounds really great and like oh i I love the aerospace industry and that's the kind of company i want to start but you know really make sure that you understand and so you mentioned building your own business afterwards. What I hear there is growth. How are you going to have the best manager who's going to train you up? How are you going to have great growth opportunities within a business? So you need to find a business where there is more opportunity than they have people. So you can be someone who is hopping over to different departments and helping out. And so maybe it's in a growth stage company where you're feeling that energy, you're putting a major impact on the business so that when you start your own business, you're like, oh, no, I've been through this wild roller coaster ride before. I can do this. So that's what I
1: would recommend in that situation. Madeline, thank you so much for coming on the show and opening our eyes to this world of being able to get our dream careers, our dream jobs. I think it's something we, again, we don't speak enough about because entrepreneurship is just one decision you can make. There's so many other options that exist. And what I love the most about what you've highlighted here is to understand that companies have adapted to the needs of the people. And so there are environments and cultures that can give you that hustle, lifestyle and growth opportunities and high compensation, if that is the values that you have. There are companies that are providing that flexibility that can be more aligned to exactly what you want, and that opens up a whole new area that you can go and shine, find purpose, find passion, not just in your own business, but really within a structure where you can be mentored, you can be taking less risk, you can have more stability, you can have less of your entire life engaged within it if that doesn't align with your values. I love that we started with talking about how we need to do that soul searching first. And again, through that, it's the values, the values, the values. It's so fascinating for me to hear that in the process of finding your dream job, you're following the processes of a lot of the things we talk about when it's a direct sales environment as well. But nurturing that salesmanship, understanding that it's not just about submitting applications, it's about having these interactions, nurturing your sales ability will be a golden ticket to get you those dream jobs as well. We're seeing the ecosystem is more available for you to connect with people within the company, whether it's on LinkedIn or other platforms, and you never know who could be the right person to get you the kind of job, or matter of fact, could be also applied if you're looking to find the right client as well. But really what I wanna make sure everybody leaves with is, I'm gonna put some links so you can go on the Self Made Millennial YouTube channel, make sure you follow as well on LinkedIn. Madeline has so much content that can get you to really be able to go specifically into your dream job, know the steps that you can get there, and it's a wealth of information. And I'm so happy she was able to share us and give us a taste of this wonderful world and careers. Like I mentioned, my journey within Valley was one of those dream jobs. Previous jobs that I've had have always been things where I could grow and nurture and become the person that I am today it has been because of jobs and careers. So don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, as I've said, and start using these ideas we've shared today with Madeline. Madeline, thank you so much again for being on the show. It was such a pleasure.
0: It has been my pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Selling with Love podcast. I mentioned at the beginning the release of the book, Selling with Love, is coming on February 15th. If you haven't went to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book to get yourself on the waiting list yet, take the time to do so now. I'll have a sample chapter available, some exciting bonuses, and you'll be one of the first to put your hands on a copy of my book that is coming out so soon thank you so much for being a supporter. Thank you for listening to the show and until next time. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.